music, athletics, arts, and entertainment. The Desert Tiger Podcast with Colton Geschwagner. Our interests and our tastes, especially those that we develop in our youth, are shaped greatly by the people around us and the situations we encounter as we grow. Whether it's the sports we enjoy playing or watching, the food we enjoy cooking and eating, the style of TV or movie that you would like to watch, the type of art you put in your house, the clothes you wear on your body, the genres of music you listen to, or really anything that can kind of fall under that jurisdiction. Whether it comes from a cultural icon, a mentor or a teacher, a friend, or first but definitely not least, your parents. Some of us at a young age are rebellious to their influence, having fallen under the foolish belief that they just aren't as cool as we want them to be. So obviously, they just can't understand us or the things that we're into. The rest of us are much easier to embrace the possible connection and mutual love that could exist between us and our parentals. Long before any of my friends clued me into the directions punk and metal were heading, I was being introduced to the likes of Iron Maiden, Green Day, The Misfits, The Offspring, Ozzy Osbourne, there was a ton of them, all through my father's CD and record collection. The same can be said for two of the members of today's guest on the show. The Discarded from Orangeville, Ontario. For bassist Jared, who is 19, and drummer Caden, who is 15, their relationship with garage rock and punk music started with the band's third and final member, their father, JP. JP has been a drummer who has spent years in the Toronto punk and hardcore scene, and he was approached by both of his sons, Jared and Caden, about two years ago with the idea of starting up a family band, playing the types of music they all had a mutual love for. Starting off with some covers and building their way up quick, the band is ready to release their second album in two years, Manifesto, which releases this February 24th. A punk rock banger of an album front to back, The Discarded really put a whole new perspective on what the idea of a multi-generation family band can be. They aren't the Jackson 5, and they definitely aren't the Osmonds. So if you were expecting something soft, flowy and happy, something campy that you would expect from a multi-generational family band, you should throw that expectation out of the window. Because even with the two members' youth, these guys know how to bring it. They know how to put on a killer show, and they know how to bring the energy. So welcome to episode 24 with my guests, Jared, Caden, and JP of The Discarded. My name 
is Colton Geschwander, and as always, every single week, every single Thursday, I am your host here on the Desert Tiger Podcast. Alright, so before we get into our music, before we get into any of that, first off, we gotta thank you guys, the listeners, whatever you're listening on, wherever you're listening from, whoever you are, Big shout out, big whoop whoop, big thank you guys for tuning in. You guys kill it every single week and we love ya. Mwah. Alright, so we gotta take care of a little bit of business. We gotta take care of playing you guys some music. And then we're gonna get into our interview with the discarded. So first and foremost, I'm gonna tell you guys how to save a little bit of money if you are copping yourself some sick gear over at the Collar and Elbow web store. What's Collar and Elbow, you ask? Well, Collar and Elbow is a wrestling-inspired streetwear company that was started by Mr. Al Snow. That's right, the former WWE superstar, Mr. What Do You Want, Mr. What Do You Need. He went ahead and started up Collar and Elbow so that wrestling fans could not only show their love of wrestling, but they could also sort of show off the roots of wrestling. And if you guys go ahead and use the code DTP, that's just DTP, it's that easy. When you're checking out of the Collar and Elbow web store, you're going to go ahead and save yourself 10 extra percent. Alright, I also need to take a moment to tell you guys about Audible. You guys have heard constantly about how much I love Audible. If you're someone who loves reading like I do, if you're someone who loves books as much as I do, but maybe you don't have the time to read as much as you would like to because you're at the gym, or you're driving, or you're mowing the lawn, or whatever else you're doing. I'm going to tell you how to get one free month of the Audible service plus one free audiobook to try it out. If you go ahead and head on over to www.audible.com DTP, you are going to go ahead and get yourself that one free month of the Audible service plus that one free audio book to get you started, to get you rolling, to get you learning, and get you exploring. Alright, so now that we've taken care of business, now that we've done the intro, and now that you know who our guests are and you already know who I am, it's time to get into some music. So let's kick things off with a little bit of discarded to get you revved up. This is Toxic Reasons. Yeah. 
Desert Tiger Podcast. So we are here with the discarded. If everybody wants to go ahead and introduce yourselves and what you do in the band. My name's JP. I'm the uh, guitar player and singer. I'm Jared, uh, the bassist of the band and the lead guitarist on more cocky days. No, he isn't. Go ahead. Hi, I'm Caden. Uh, I'm the drummer. That's it. We're a three-piece. All right, awesome. You guys are also family. That is correct? Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm their dad, and uh, Jared's my uh, 19-year-old son, the bass player, and Caden is uh, 15 and he's the drummer. We started off when uh, Jared was 17 and, uh, and uh, Caden was 13. And quite the journey. Okay, so what ended up leading to the decision to make a family punk band? I mean, it's not very often that a punk band is something that is a multi-generational affair. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I've been a drummer in hardcore and punk bands during, you know, the 80s and 90s. So, uh, you know, I've played that sort of music. And, uh, the kids had grown up, they'd listened to some of the stuff I did, and, you know, I, you know, I, I convinced them that the Ramones was kids' music, so that was kind of, and the Super Suckers was like his five-year-old birthday song. You so, open that up. So, uh, we kind of had, we kind of had, that was the sort of stuff that they listened to. So we used to fool around and play together down in, in the room with all the instruments and that, and then a couple of years ago, uh, they were kind of like, hey, can we, can we do this for real? And that's sort of the songs that we sort of uh played and sounded like it was like really garagey uh what was that first album you ever learned to play drums to um the cramps i think yeah he played bad music for bad people was what he kind of like played along to when he first started playing drums so that's sort of just where it flowed from from there after that point hmm. awesome so did like did you get the kids into playing music like when they were younger, or was that something that they like they started doing when you guys decided to make the band, or how do like how did that all come together? Personally, for me, I tried picking up guitar when I was a lot younger, but I never got into it. But as I grew up, I sort of regretted not picking it up. So eventually, I settled with bass mainly just because I like the feel of it and just I like being the low end. And I wanted a practical application, so that's sort of how we got into it. So, yeah, a couple of years ago, uh, they picked up their instruments. There's always been a drum set or a guitar amp or a guitar around, and they would they'd play around with it. And Caden, I, and I guess, would bash out on the drums, I guess, for longer until he took it up seriously. Uh, and like we said, Jarrett picked up the bass a couple of years ago, but it wasn't until a couple of years ago that, we, that they decided, hey, we're going to actually try and be serious at it. But it was always there. It was always around. There was always musical instruments in the house. There was always a drum set set up somewhere okay that's a very conductive environment towards music then yeah yeah not always having acoustic guitar around or be playing something and we, you know we'd always have music playing uh, on our on our road trips we don't really throw on the dvd player we kind of play dj and each of us will play different songs to each other on the and you know without uh mm-hmm. Without getting vetoed off the uh, off the uh, off the stereo because you played too many of the same band in a row. <laughs> <laughs> Jarrett, 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 
Jared, no, we don't want to listen to three albums of the same band. Uh, don't be in charge. I'm someone who uh, likes the feel of a whole record, so I can kind of back that, but I also understand uh, wanting to have some variance. Well, we don't mind even maybe a whole record if you're going to let us. It's just when you don't let the person know, and then all of a sudden you're getting an entire retrospective of a uh, Japanese composer who does anime uh, soundtracks. (laughs) psychedelic <laughs> raw <laughs> that happened to be used in an anime okay yeah, right i got it i got it but all i'm saying is uh yeah you're hearing uh wh- why do both bands break up it isn't the music it's because i couldn't stand when he put on the record on the radio station i like to think of it as two sides of the same coin right right so our whole thing is this is kind of our rule of thumb you play DJ, but you got to play the car. You can't play your, yourself. If you want to do that, just put your earbuds in. If you want to play DJ, then you got to play the other people in the car and what they might like as well. Okay. That, that's a pretty good rule to uh, keep everybody happy. Yeah, it's, it's worked out so far. There's uh, only been uh, a couple of uh, little, little, little squirmishes because of that. You're playing it up. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> okay, so um, off the bat, did you guys know that you wanted to get in the studio and record, or were you more worried about like playing shows? Like, did you guys start writing right away? Like, how did? So, uh, no, go ahead, please. <laughs> no, I was just gonna say for to answer your question there, we we kind of like we got together uh, February 2016. This and a friend of ours was having a party. And she asked my band that I was in if they wanted to play. And I knew a guy couldn't make it. So I said, well, I've been kind of goofing around with the kids. Uh, can we come and do a little short little set? And she went, yeah, you're on the bill. So that was like, oh, I guess we got to learn five songs that we all know and practice them and, and be ready for it. So then we did like three or four shows, kind of like little private little things. Uh, you know, a friend had a thing at his, his he has a party at his, his farm each year and we went out to that and played and we played a Canada Day thing and then we uh, after that we are kind of like we got a pretty cool sound going our friend uh, Ian Blurton he recorded the first album recorded the second album plays in like Public Animal he's playing a Come On he's playing a lot of bands he's pretty I've known him for a long time he's a pretty heavy guitar player and he records a pretty heavy sound as well I thought hey it'd be cool to capture it and then when we kind of did it it was kind of like wow this is pretty cool it kind of really captured that moment of that last album and that uh yeah and we and we just intensively practiced and got ready and did the recording and then after that we played a whole bunch so uh and, and wrote a whole second album and which got up to this particular one so when that album came out last february exactly last february we were like wow let's play uh with that we got to open for a band called the sonics 1960s pioneer of garage rock at the danforth we did a Southern Ontario tour. Uh, we did about, you know, uh, I think it was 20-some shows last year. And it was just like, uh, we already had like another album, an album and a half's worth of stuff. We were like, and these guys here really jumped in their playing. They went from just being like this garage rock band on the first one to, wow, they can really play now. So we went in and recorded the second one a year later. Like, for context, on the first album, I had been playing bass for like six months. Like, I just picked it up six months previous. And after that, it really gave me the confidence to sort of, like, really get into learning my instrument. So it's really night and day, my playing on the first and the upcoming second album. I'm looking forward to it. Okay, uh, how about Caden? How did his playing improve between the albums? 
Well, you know, on the first album, I was just worried about, uh, uh, you know, staying on tempo. And for the second one, I gotten more comfortable, so I just decided to, you know, do some cooler fills, some cooler drum beats and stuff like that. And me, from my point of view, those guys, if you listen to the first album, it's good, it's like really garage rock, it's a really good sound, but they came so, they jumped so much and they're playing because they've been playing for seven months on the first album, Yeah, and they just like, they just took off on the second one, right? It's just like, you know, that exposure, playing all the time, we live together, we can practice two, three times a week, and then all of a sudden, zoom, man, and, and we're playing shows in front of people, it was all of a sudden like, bam, they just jumped to a whole different level, it's like, hey, we're, we're like, we're actually a really cool rocking band now, right, mm-hmm. and, and Jared was doing like these interesting bass lines, like he'd go away every time I'd write a song, he'd come back with this interesting bass line, like a counter melody, and, and Caden didn't have to worry about just, you know, I'm just going to lay the beat down, he's like throwing rolls in and fills, and, you know, different sort of uh, types of drum beats and that, so... It was really cool. Like, now it's not just me saying, here's a song. Now it's like all three of us writing a part for that song to make it a greater whole. Okay, that's awesome. It's great how the band sort of grew up as, like, the kids grew up as well. Yeah, yeah. And and, and it's kind of a cool thing because, you know, it's like I am their dad in that. And there are things that's like, you know, we got your, your dad. But here it's more like I can... We can like each other as peers, you know. Yeah. You're in a band together. It's a great sort of thing, playing music together, relating to each other. Everyone has their own say in what they want to see come to the song or what's working and not working, and we can, we're more of a unit now. So, you know, you got to be cohesive as a band, so that's kind of cool that way, and everyone's bringing their own parts. Yeah, I'm looking forward to contributing a few of my own songs. Yeah, and lately Jarrett's even been wrote one song and the riffs in that, and even now my writing used to be, here's the song, guys, here it goes, Caden, here's a drum beat that goes with it, because I was originally a drummer, and now it's just like, we'll even jam stuff out and get down a cool riff, and I'll come back with the words later and maybe add maybe a bridge or an intro part, but we're kind of writing them more together, and each of us bringing our own part to it. <laughs> awesome. So, um, what were you going to say? No, I was just saying, it's just kind of a cool development that we've, we've had happen over the last year. Awesome. Um, so for the boys, what is it like having somebody like right there who has years of stage experience and writing experience? Like, does, has that helped you guys progress as musicians and grow? Oh, without a doubt, it's insanely helpful. Basically a foot in the door. You got someone who knows the ropes, knows how to do things, and you can just teach it all to you. I don't know where I'd be as a musician without him, really. Kane, you want to add anything? Here's your five dollars, Jared. Kane, for me, you know, uh, it was just easy because he would do all the hard stuff, and I could just drum. So that part was good. But as a musician, I mostly just got good by myself. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, well, it is true. You got to get. You got and that's a big thing. I play drums, but I think it's really important that Caden develops his own drum parts. Not like, here's my drum part. You're going to play like this. I might have an idea what I want him to do, but it's pretty important that you come up with your own feel and your own groove. And either he was going to get it or not. It's not me who's going to be able to do it for him. Uh, I guess in the early go, sure, I could be. I could bring a, a, something to a rehearsal that you might not get, and say three teenagers together. It's sort of like, okay, we're going to rehearse. We're going to get the structure of the songs down. We're going to rehearse the set like it's a set, not with 
five or ten minutes in between each song, and we kind of go through things so they see a sort of uh, uh, a work ethic of what we're bringing. Okay, it's a it's a show. We all got to pack our gear. We all got to put our stuff out there. This is what a sound check is like. This is how we got to treat people that we're around. You got to be respectful to the sound person, respectful for the person who's who's booking the club. You know, so maybe there's a bit of that that you might not know if you're just kind of coming in there and thinking like, I'm a rock star. I'm great. Their fifth show was at the Danforth Music Hall in Toronto, which holds like a, a thousand people, right? So it's yeah. like all of a sudden, you know, like, great guys, this is, you know, most bands don't get this after 10 years. We've got it after, you know, five shows. So, you know, you peaked. So it's all downhill from here. No, I'm kidding, but, <laughs> but, the whole, but learning how to do a sound check on a big stage like that, you know, or... Uh, uh, where you've got individual monitor mixes as mm -hmm. opposed to this one we're going to be playing off the floor and you're not even going to hear the vocals, right? First time with using mic drums. Bring forward. You can't hear you, man. It was my first time using mic drums on the Danforth. I never experienced that. Uh, actually, yeah, at the Hard Rock. Mm, wasn't that Yeah, bad. but I didn't play them. Like, I didn't have to test them. Right, right. Doing a sound check. You're right. Uh -huh. Yeah, it's really helped us develop a work ethic. Like, on a good day, we can get in and out of a club on, like, an hour, really. Like, set up, play, break everything down, get out. Well, because sometimes we're not allowed to stay in clubs because Caden's underage. Yeah. yeah. So we've had, a, we've had a couple of things like that where it's just like, he's allowed to be on stage, he's allowed to be backstage, but he's not allowed to go around the club. So as opposed to, hey, go sit out in the car by yourself, it was it's kind of like, okay, we're here, we're set up, we go on. Okay, we take our stuff down. Okay, we kind of got to go because he's 15 sort of thing, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Has that happened where anybody has, like, had an issue with him being in the building or, like, wanted him to stay outside or anything like that? Because, like... Uh, it, funny it, you say that. Well, it's funny you say that. Our, our last show had occurred for the first time. There's second rules... Last. Second last. There's rules and regulations around what you're allowed to do. You know, yeah. a, a, an entertainer's allowed to be on stage. An entertainer's allowed to be backstage or in the dressing room. And in certain places, you can introduce them to a bouncer and the bartender and put an X on his hand, and they know that he's the underage entertainment, and they're cool with it. And that was the way it was all. Now, we booked at this one club, and uh, I'm not. We booked at this one club, and the, the, the guy who booked us knew what was going on. Yeah. But when we got there, the lady who was the manager kind of pulled a power trip and went, this is my club, and he's not allowed in it. And I go, well, he's playing, right? This is why everyone's coming here tonight, right? It's our show. Well, he needs to sit out in the car. Well, it's December. It's minus 20. You know, would you do this to a dog? No. But it's okay to send a kid to go sit out in a freaking gold car. Yeah. So it ended up being, okay, I'll be out in the car with him. You guys text me when we can go on. And uh, we'll leave right afterwards and go sit out in the car again. Yeah, so, and really we did that all night. And, it was, and afterwards, like, oh, you guys are really good. And I go, yeah, well, thanks for treating us like dirt. But, yeah, uh, <laughs> we, you know. It's quite a mood killer. Yeah, but, you know, we, 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 we rocked a little bit angrier that night. <laughs> he was, came was surprisingly cool about it, no pun intended. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that was a bit of a drag. That's been the only time. Well, that's yeah. <laughs> unfortunate, but it's good that you guys could uh, show her off and uh, show that maybe she wanted you guys to stick around a little bit after and talk to everybody yeah, and everything. We, yeah, we, we, didn't, we didn't mouth her. We didn't say anything like that. Again, it's just like, hey, all right, that's it. We tried to appeal to her that we'd done this. This is the ruling. This is the actual the laws, and it was just more of a power trip, and other people were getting a bit more upset than we were. And we went, yeah, yeah, don't make it a big deal. We'll just go sit there. And what did you end up doing, Caden? I, 
I finished my English that was kind of almost late. <laughs> yeah, it was late. So he would just went in the car and read his book for English and did his homework. So I guess it wasn't it wasn't that bad. <laughs> well, at least you got the homework done. At least it wasn't uh, zero because you just didn't complete it, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's what happened, right, Caden? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, uh, you were always on time, all semester. Uh, but people enjoyed the show, so like it wasn't all bad. Yeah, man, it was cool. We, you know, we really like playing. We love, love playing live, and I guess that's one of the funnest sort of times for the three of us. Is it the most fun for you? Oh, funnest, most uh, fun. I corrected on my grammar. It was the most fun. Oh, uh, yeah, but I can't wait until we get back into the act. Two months is too long. Yeah, so we like playing pretty regularly, and we have been playing pretty regularly. So when this album comes out, we got ten shows in one month, and then we hope to kind of keep uh, playing through pretty well. We'll probably go back in again in August and see if we can do three albums in three years. Oh, wow. <laughs> Keeping it very active. Well, what we tend to do is because we, we, we're together, we write songs in that. So even when we were going into this album, we already have the songs for the next album played. When we finished the last album, we wrote a whole bunch in the three or four months afterwards, and by the time the album came out last year in February, we already were starting to play a bunch of songs from this album that we just recorded now. So it's all tight, and you can kind of play it live and get a good rock and feel to it. So when you go into the studio, it's kind of been road tested in that. So we're doing the same thing now, where we'll do mostly the new album that we're doing, but we add like two or three new songs a night of new stuff and switch those up. So by the time we go back in in August, those songs all be ready to go. Okay, yeah. so um, uh, were were one of the guys going to say something else to that? Oh no, I was just agreeing. We we are we have too many songs. Not a bit. Well, it is kind of funny because you don't even get to them in in rehearsal sometimes. So we'll tend to go. Let's run the set. Let, and then we had a, two practices ago. We didn't play any songs from our first or second album, which is nothing but new songs which are kind of more exciting for us when you're doing new songs because it's, it's new, right? So, yeah. So we did a whole set, a whole night of practice of doing nothing that we're playing recently. Huh. It, it's a bit weird, though, because these songs are new to you, but I've been, we've been playing them for like over a year, some of them. Yeah, well, that happens. It, it, it's, I don't know. I like it. Hmm. Cool. Okay, so that's sort of like a more old school mentality, the uh, practicing and getting like all the songs tighter beforehand. Like some bands will take songs in a studio without the intention of even performing them live at all. Is that yeah. because you guys like record a specific way or why is that? It's more of a time constraint really because I have a job, that has a job. So we really just, we're going in the studio and we have to have these songs ready by the time we go in because we got basically a day to record all the bed tracks and a day to maybe do a few overdubs and some vocals. And it kind of captures our sound. You know, what we play is, it's, it's, it's not a, hey, let's build up the orchestration behind it. Right now we're trying to capture the, the rawness and the energy of what we do. We captured that on the first album. We captured it, I think, on this album, if you've given it a listen. And that's, all the bed tracks are live off the floor. A month before... We've been playing these songs, playing these songs. We actually start rehearsing them without me singing because we know when we're recording them, I'm not going to be singing along. I sing afterwards so we don't get bleed into the microphone and we can just concentrate on that. So we do did all our first album. We did the whole thing, overdub singing everything in nine hours. This album, we doubled the time and did it in two days. 
we did all our 10 bed tracks in the first day and all the singing and a little bit of the overdubs and corrections the next day, which is kind of funny, but you know, uh, they don't actually realize that this is really fast to be doing an album. So yeah, absolutely. We have no, we have no context. They have, they have no context. I'm like, well, no, most guys, you know, record over a week to two weeks a month. And like you say, some people build the songs and all that sort of stuff. We, you know, we have another friend who has a studio and we went in and demoed some of the stuff there. And that, but by the time we go in to record, we've got it mapped out what we want to do. And we're pretty efficient with it. This album, more so than say the last one, Ian, the, the producer guy, uh, Ian, uh, Ian Blurton from Pro Gold Studio, where we did it, he pushed us more. He knew on the first one, this was their first time ever in a studio. They're 13 years old. They're 17 years old. You know, guys can crumble in there and we're doing nine songs in a day. And, uh, he just sort of after we did a couple of takes, he went, Hey, that sounds good. He went with it as opposed to this one where we do a couple of takes and go, that was great. And he goes, no, I think you guys can do it better. So we did like a lot more run throughs of the bed track to get it down Okay. on this one. Okay. But that was just because he was going, no, do it again. Do it again. It's almost there. Mm-hmm. Just maybe a little faster. Maybe that one a bit slower, you know? Okay. So he, he kind of pushed us a bit more and, and gave us a bit more feedback to, to get that great take for us. Okay, so besides the uh, the kids and the younger guys, is uh, sorry, I forget the other one's name. I'm mind blanking so hard right now. No way. Caden. Caden and... Jared, yeah. Caden and Jared, sorry, I mind blanked yeah. so hard. I got four kids, I run through all four of their names sometimes. <laughs> so... <laughs> Like a po- like besides the fact that like they grew as musicians and the producer pushed you guys, how else did like the band progress in between your self titled release and manifesto? Like, did you guys grow lyrically? Did the songs get more like feel to them? Hundred percent, there. What you said. This album is really strong lyrically compared to the first one. This one, all the songs, there's no he, leaves she songs or relationship songs. This is all about us, about what we think about the world, what we, how it could be improved, what we see to be some of the issues, and how we think the world could be. So the, the lyrics are a lot more hard-hitting on this one, and the dynamics and the playing and the melodies of this is, is a lot more intricate. Even myself, Jarrett pushed me, he's, he's learning his instrument, and he's like pushing me to use, you know, different chords and different progressions and, and more complicated songs. So in that sort of way, we did it. It's got the whole punk rock feel, but we wrote some, we, you know, the first one was very, very uh, straightforward garage rock. This one's a lot more intricate as far as lyrics and uh, arrangements go. Uh, on this one, pretty much for each song, I specifically went in to try and apply something I had learned over the past few months on a song. So every song I tried to do something different than I hadn't done on the previous one. Caden? <laughs> anything? Drummer Caden, anything? Anything on this one from the first one? Anything? Uh, you know, I think I already said it, you know, just did some cooler roles, you know, that's about it. Caden's a simple man. <laughs> I play drums, but I'm too big, right? <laughs> <laughs> just hold the sticks and look good, right? <laughs> Uh, well, you know, Caden likes to have a good time, and Caden likes to rock it out, and uh, he's, you know, what he kind of likes about this, and he even said it like, me and Jared are more like, hey, we're going to do this, hey, this guy, he's like, we got to keep it fun, 
we got to have fun. And that's a very important part as well. You know, like it's, it's one thing to be motivated and, and, you know, me as a songwriter and me as the person's maybe, you know, driving some stuff because I've done a bit of the stuff. And Jared's a, a guy who's like, oh, okay, I've learned this. I want to learn this and, and pushing it. Caden keeps it. It's got to be good. It's got to have a good feel. So we got to, you know, we got to have some fun at practices. We got to keep it fresh. Awesome. Can I put some nice words into your mouth, Caden? <laughs> All right. Okay. So, is there any specific song from either the self-titled release or this release, or even possibly one of the songs that you have coming up in the future that really strikes home for each of you that you just really love playing, or just really means the most for you? Uh, for the first one, the self-titled, I think Time Bomb Heart, it, it was, uh, we captured it pretty good in the studio there, sort of like, it has a sort of uh, the inexperienced charm to it, and how do I put it, um, the way we play it now, it's different, but it's also still pretty much the same sort of core of what was in the song, sort of just a hard thrash rocker. Uh, for the new one, I'd consider probably the first track, Toxic Reasons, the best representation of it, because it just shows how we matured, um, Musically, really, that, that's a, that's my choice. Yeah. yeah what about a new one that we haven't recorded? Oh, new one. Ooh. I cannot say. Yeah, I like off the first album. Uh, you know, I like. Uh, Could it be you? I, I like that one, and I like Time Bomb Heart. There's about oh, you know, you, you tend to drop songs, and we're down to about maybe four or five that we play off of that album now, out of the nine. And uh, the second album. Uh, you know, I, Jarrett nails it where the first song off of it, I think, really captures uh, lyrically and uh, the way that we're all playing. It sort of captures all that in that song. Uh, another one, uh, Do You Want It Now, is uh, it has a lyrically, I think it really hits home with uh, what we feel philosophically and perhaps, you know, what is our manifesto of our band and what it's what it's about. The words kind of talk to that and... Uh, you know, you look at a, uh, at the end of it. There's another one. I don't know what to believe has a has a real good feel to it as well, mm-hmm. as far as what goes on. And right now, we got a new one called uh, what's that riffing one that we're doing right now? Uh, uh, my, my life story. story. Yeah, yeah. We're having fun playing that just because it's uh, it's almost like a riff rocking song. Uh, and you know, so we're just having a and me and Jarrett lock in doing this riff together during this one part. So mm-hmm. we're having a lot of fun playing that one. You tend to have more fun with your new ones because it's new and exciting and. You know, like most songs, uh, we try not to play it too much. You got some songs off the first album. We don't need to rehearse it anymore because we probably played it two hundred times, right? We just know it. Caden, <laughs> comment, comment. Uh, I'd have to say half full cup. That is- <laughs> <laughs> uh, for context, that's the one that we have not played. It is our uh, greatest song we've ever made, musically, lyrically. It's got it all, and I really feel it represents us as a band. And uh, I think it could really go somewhere in the future years. And yeah, what about the one off the current album? No, there's none. There's not just that, <laughs> I, just that, that one song that we don't play yeah. anymore that you guys say we don't want to play anymore is the one that represents us. Uh, I never said that. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I also think uh, uh, Ballad of a Broken Man's really good. It's got a slower tempo that, that's... Uh, different feel from the other songs. Yeah, we and it's one we played a lot and still play. Yeah. yeah. So those, what about this current album? Uh, what do you like playing? Give something off the current. I I like. Um, I'd probably have to say uh, we resist. Let me 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were just throwing a new one, Caden, yeah. I think that one's one of our better new ones. Yeah, you got a cool drum beat on it, and Jared plays an outstanding bass part on it. It's something I only could have written at that time in that moment. And for the new, new ones, I'd have to say uh, I like playing Joyful Bits, which is a new, new one that we just made. So those are probably the my top. There you go. Yeah, that one we just have played maybe twice or three times. We just wrote it about two weeks ago. Awesome. So you guys are still just continuing to uh, attack that, like continuing yeah. to push the ball, like yeah, so uh, to speak. Yeah, <laughs> it is fun that way. And and like I say, now we're kind of like, you know, you start to practice, and uh, you know that joyful bits. We just started playing the song. You know, yeah, uh, we, I start doing a doing a sort. A little bit of a chord progression, and then I came up with another part, and then we just kind of jammed it out for 10 or 15 minutes, and then we kind of grab a cell phone and go, well, we better not forget this, and we'll record yeah. it, and then I go away and we sort of wrote some words to it and come back, and the next practice, we kind of solidified the arrangement, and then, mm-hmm. yeah, like we say, it's kind of fun because that's the new one, and yeah, yeah, I remember that riff. I, that still, song. I still need to finish my part for it. Oh, okay. We, we didn't notice. <laughs> we never noticed. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, it's awesome, son. It goes for it. The bass can always be louder in the mix. Yeah, the bass can always be turned down. What, what do you say, Jarek? Should and, and Caden, do you think the bass should be louder? I think we start every practice by with me and me and uh, me and Caden say the same thing at the beginning of every practice. Uh, Jarek, you need to turn down. You're drowning everyone out. Wait until I get a distortion pedal. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, then you'll really have the crunch, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, it's cool. It's cool. We're like we're a three piece, so it's kind of cool that he kind of plays almost a sub guitar at times. Okay. Like there's a one song on on the new album called uh, "President," the solo, the bass solo. Yeah, like, that's, that's me. So and he just it's a, just him distorted out playing a playing a solo on the bass. I just kind of lay down a really thick rhythm right across of a big wide brush, and uh, Jarrett tends to do more intricate bass parts with more melody in it and leads. Mm-hmm. And, I consider myself a, the lead instrument of the band. Well, that's spoken like a guy who only wants to hear bass, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> everybody, I just like to hear what the bass makes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the Desert Tiger Podcast. Don't worry. Don't hurry. Man, don't go anywhere. You guys know that we got to take care of some more business and play you guys some more tunes. Before we can get back into our interview with Caden, Jared, and JP of The Discarded. So first off and foremost, I'm going to tell you guys a little bit more about Collar and Elbow. You guys already heard me tell you guys that Collar and Elbow is a wrestling-inspired streetwear company. You've already heard me tell you about how it was started by XWWE XTNA wrestler Al Snow. But let's talk a little bit about what some of these sick items are. Collar and Elbow has tons of fresh, sick clothing that you should be copying right now using that DTP code. Save yourself 10% on some sweet toques. They have some sick shirts. Their basic shirt normally goes for $15. Save yourself an extra $1.50 just by using that Desert Tiger code. That grid shirt that they have that is super killer. That goes for about $20. They got some sweatpants for those lazy days where you just want to sit at home on the couch and listen to the DTP. 
why not save yourself some money on that? And if you're one of those gym goers like I am and you need an extra towel to wipe off your face, they even got one of those going for about $6 and they are sick, nice and black and fresh. You guys know that you want to look sick everywhere you go because, I mean, dress for the life you want, right? Dress like a rock star. Dress like you deserve the life you want. Dress with some fresh new gear from Collar and Elbow. Alright, so you guys know we gotta play you a little bit more music. So, this next song by our guest today, of course, The Discarded, is Do You Want It Now?
Alright you guys, so it's about that time for our Audible Audio Book of the Week. And on episode 24, our Audible Audio Book of the Week is... Howl's Moving Castle by Diana Wine Jones. Now, some of you guys may recognize Howl's Moving Castle from the Studio Ghibli film that was based on the novel... So I'm going to give you guys a little bit of a synopsis of the book. Sophie has a great misfortune of being the eldest of three daughters. Destined to fail miserably should she ever leave home to seek her fate. But when she unwittingly attracts the ire of the Witch of the Waste, Sophie finds herself under a horrid spell that transforms her into an old lady. Her only chance at breaking it lies in the ever-moving castle in the hills, the wizard Howl's castle. To untangle the enchantment, Sophie must handle the heartless Howl, strike a bargain with a fire demon, and meet the Witch of the Waste head-on. Along the way, she discovers that there's far more to Howl, and herself, than first meets the Eye. Howl's Moving Castle is not only a amazing, magical, fantastic movie, it also is as a novel. It's a compelling story, and if you're into the sort of fiction-type role that this fits, it's good. It has everything. It has action, it has magic, it has drama, it has love. The book is full of emotion and it is a great story all around and if you guys want to go ahead and maybe get yourself Howl's Moving Castle in audiobook form you can do so by going on over to www.audible.com DTP it's that simple and you're going to go ahead and get yourself one free month of the audible service and you're also going to go ahead and get yourself one free audiobook. That's whatever you want to choose it on. It can be Howl's Moving Castle. It can be one of the previous books we've talked about. Or it can be whatever you want to listen to. Alright, so now that we've taken care of business and we've listened to a little bit more music, let's get back into our interview with The Discarded. The Desert Tiger Podcast. Okay, so having um, quite a variation in age and generation in the band, is there quite a variation in influences for your guys' music? I don't know. Do you want to list your influences? Let's just do it and compare, really. Uh, Well, we kind of grew up with them having my musical taste forced upon them. So, <laughs> so it will appear. But anyway, let's all... Let's yeah, so it's funny. Like when they were in a car when they were a little kid, I was playing the records and I didn't play like Christmas songs. I would buy them a classic album. So they, you know, hey guys, you got raw power for that's what we're listening to at Christmas, right? Oh gosh, we're going to listen, we're going to listen to a Kiss album and now we're going to listen to Black Sabbath or Zeppelin, right? Like that's our classic album for Christmas time. Well, but you so, consider you're in. So, I, you know, I was really into Ramones. You know, I love the Buzzcocks, Stiff Little Fingers. Uh, you know, all the way up, I love the jam, and then like all the way up into, uh, you know, I got into hardcore bands, I got into punk rock bands, I would listen, you know, I got a pretty, and I love 
classic rock. So, you know, we listen to Beatles, we listen to the Stones, we listen to the Who, we listen to the Kinks, you know, there's a lot of different stuff that we listen to there. As long as it was like guitar, bass, drums, and sort of rock, that's kind of what we, we what I would kind of play. And, and I would go all, everything from punk rock and the Sex Pistols all the way over to, you know, listening to a Zeppelin tune or, or Black Sabbath or something. Mm-hmm. For me, it's not too much different. The Beatles still remain my favorite band of all time. Uh, as Dad has mentioned before, I like a Japanese composer named Shushi Ishii, and I'm weird like that. Um, I also love Sloan, and I don't know, I even like some metal. I wouldn't consider myself a metalhead, but I like some. What? <laughs> oh, it, and he likes a little, we had a band that opened for us on our first record release. What are they called, Jared? They're called Locomotive Eight. I love them dearly, and they constantly poke fun at how much I. I don't. I don't poke fun. I went and saw them a week ago with you, and they were awesome. So, yeah. like, I'll give you props. They were great to watch. And you know, we've got bands that have been helping us. We have we have bands that have been helping us out on this tour as well, like mm-hmm. Rusty. Uh, you know, I have a buddy who plays guitar in that band. They're giving us an opening show. Guy from the lowest to the low. They're giving us a couple of opening shows because they heard the album. They went, "Hey, this is pretty damn cool. We'll get you in front of our audience so that people can hear you." So nice. there's like a lot of cool bands out there that have you know kind of been helpful and you know yeah, we've met a lot of cool bands along the way. And yeah, we just pick up their albums, listen to them. They're now like permanent staples in my list. Yeah, I listen to. Which I think you said it the other day. Cave said it the other day. He goes, I didn't realize, Dad, that some of these bands weren't hugely popular because you played them all the time. Yeah, it took me. I'm dead serious. It took me until like seventh grade to realize that I didn't listen to what everyone else listened to. I just thought that everyone loved them. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, like not everyone's into Iggy and the Stooges. Uh, one of my big inspirations that is more modern is probably uh, Jay Wienerberg. Who's yeah. that? He's the drum, the current drummer in Slipknot. <laughs> oh, oh my God, not this! And you know, I him. really like his. Yeah, I like his drumming. I think he's really good. I like his <laughs> double bass drum stuff that he does. I think it's cool. So you know what's happening on our fifth album? I hey, I got a song in top D tuning, so yeah, yeah we're gonna be drop tuning and double bass drum <laughs> by that album. Getting heavier as time progresses, right? Yeah, yeah. heavier is relative. I like to say. Yeah. yeah. So no, but that's. You know, so uh, as far as modern, what sort of modern stuff are you into, guys? Like, I like, st- you know, I, I listen to radio. I like some stuff that you hear on the radio. I go, that's a pretty cool song and stuff like that. Like, you know, The Beaches was a pretty cool song. See the women, the, the women come along and put on a really heavy rocking album. And uh, Said the Whale, I like, a, I think, a song that they did. And then there's some cool stuff on Dine Alone that I've, and uh, New Damage that's pretty cool. Like Mets and Biblical and bands like that are pretty damn cool and really heavy. So, you know, um, it's... There's a lot of there's always a lot of good rock and roll going on. There's a lot of good punk bands that are around, you know. Like, and sometimes we get exposed to them because we get on bills with them and that, and go, "Wow, this band's awesome!" Or yeah, something like that. Yeah, that's basically my extent to modern music. I don't really go listening to the radio. So, like, the bands we've met and like Sloan, I love Sloan, but they're still releasing music. They got a new album coming out this year. I love them, but they're like a '90s band technically. But who cares? Who cares? They're always good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Well, you know. I, I like how um, Jay Weinberg was listed as a reference because his dad, uh, Max Weinberg, was actually the drummer for the E Street Band, and he got yep. his son okay. into music. So that's kind of cool how that became an influence for you. <laughs> yeah, big influence. 
He's exaggerating slightly, but he does. No, 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 he doesn't. He actually has it downloaded the stuff. He plays it in the car. I, it's been a while. Okay. So maybe you'll hear it on the latest DJ trip when we go on the Yeah, tour. probably. Yeah. It'll be a staple. Awesome. So you guys have said that you've toured southern Ontario. Have you guys broken much outside of that region? Or are you going to try to in the near future? Or what's the plans for that? We would love to. We would love to go across Canada out west. We'd love to go across Canada out east. Uh, you know, we're finding now a tough thing. Well, tough thing right now with it is they don't want to book you unless they know you. Yeah. Right? You know, I, 20 years ago, you could say I'm a band and you could book a tour across Canada. Now they don't, you know, here's a show, get a local band with you, or it's got to be, you got to be at a certain sort of stature or your album's being played or you get put on some festival or something like that there's not that i can go out and go across and play in rooms or get booked to play in rooms it's, it's a lot tougher right now having said that yeah every time we play and we're trying to grow a bit the first album we got a great reaction compared to you know uh we got you know to be able to do a southern ontario tour went all the way from ottawa this one we're hitting a couple of different new places that we haven't played before and, uh, you know, thanks to a couple of bands that are helping give us exposure in that way. And like I said, we would love to go all the way out to, all the way out to uh, uh, Victoria. We'd love to play Vancouver. We'd love to play Edmonton, you know, all, all the major centers all the way out west there and like to go in east as well. It won't go anywhere. We really do like playing. And I guess one of the advantages of us as, you know, you're talking about the family band, We've traveled together. This is no different than, you know, going to hockey. Visiting your parents. Yeah, visiting my parents or going to a hockey tournament or a lacrosse tournament where we're used to staying in the same hotel room. We're used to traveling together. You know, and most times you're in a band, it could be your best buddy, but you probably didn't live together. You probably didn't share a bathroom. You probably weren't in a car together for five hours. We've done that before, you know. What? You need to speak up. You need to speak up and not mumble. What? It's not PG. I don't think they really care if you've got a funny we joke. We do <laughs> not care. You can swear if you want to. You can say whatever you want. Come on, Gain. Take I'll, a fucking I'll chance. He's taking a pass on that because he was probably dissing one of us, right? Yeah, <laughs> so he, mumbles most of his, he mumbles most of his jokes underneath his breath and, and laughs to himself. He's a drummer, right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, uh, I didn't come from the lead singer's uh, ball sack, so... Oh, okay. Yes, uh, he was trying to say that uh, unlike other bands, the rest of the band didn't come from the lead singer's ball sack, was actually his joke. <laughs> he had a unique sense of humor. Oh, that's fair. So, uh, how much of the band's um, work do you guys try and DIY? Do you guys try and like book the tours yourselves, or like how do you well, guys handle that? Yeah, at this particular point, it's DIY. DIY. I mean, uh, uh, the first one was completely that way. Uh, so we've got certain connections of people that we know or people have heard the albums who've helped us out, you know, promoters and that that are aware of me from playing before, heard what I did here and went, hey, that's pretty damn good. I'll give you a show. So it's all been kind of uh, myself at this particular point and a couple of really, you know, uh, people that I've known that are within that industry who've helped us out in that regard. Same with the recording, you know, uh, you know, we did that and we got mixed. Uh, we did it through Ian, and then you know, it got, the mastering was done through Joe uh, Caravaglio, who uh, his mastering studio. I think he just got, 
he actually got you know uh, nominated for a Grammy. But he's like, oh yeah, Joel, I know you. Come on, you can do it at my place. And I'm like, oh, cool, man, thanks. So and you know the 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 the, the picture for the album, you know, I found a guy who used to shoot now magazine, and uh, Rick McGinnis, great guy. He was like, hey, do you ever do bands anymore, man? He used to take pictures of like really famous bands all the time. No, I don't really do that anymore. I go, but you know, for you, Joel, sure, I'll I'll go do it, man. You know, I, you know, come on out, I'll shoot you and and you guys and. And, you know, found another person who helped us do the graphics. So it's all very much that way, you know. Even with Ian, it's just like, hey, man, we need to do this quick. All right, man, I can give you two to three days. Oh, great, man, thanks. And we go in and do it that way. So we're all pretty pretty big on trying to do it as quick as we can. And, and as uh, you know, do-it-yourself means uh, calling on whoever you know to kind of help you out to get it done, right? We made the video, same sort of thing. Another thing, I, I you know, I used to take film, so we'll write the videos up and we'll come in and sort of get our own location and shoot it sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And then edit it together and then, you know, that's us. So until the point that, you know, you have a manager or you have someone who's a booking agent or you have someone who's uh, who, who's your, who's doing that stuff for you, you yeah. do it yourself or it doesn't get done, right? Mm -hmm. You know, we put together making the album. We put together the, the draw out the cover and got someone to do the graphics. We put together making the CD. We got vinyl pressed. You know, all that sort of stuff. We just get together and talk about it, design it, and then, and then make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, big thanks to anyone who really helped us realize Absolutely. the vision. Absolutely. in, did anything, edited the video, shot the video, whatever. You know, we're like, grateful. No bands in Ireland, as you know, right? And, you know, I've known, uh, you know, I've known, a, a, like, a lot of different people, and they've been very supportive and very helpful. Even if they're not, like, doing stuff for us, they're like saying, hey, these guys are cool, go out and see them, or just, you know, helping us along or telling us about where a show might be or someone who might be able to help us out, and that's really how it kind of is, and that's really how it kind of builds, you know? So that's what we've been working on. Hmm. Okay, awesome. So it sounds like you uh, write, run a uh, pretty tight ship, like you like to have everything planned out and figured out like before you approach it and before you attack it. Um, is that because you've had some experiences in the music industry that have taught you some hard lessons, JP, or is that just how you like to run things? Uh, you know, it's, it's good to be organized. Otherwise, especially if you're trying to accomplish something, like we say, uh, you know, you, you're not independently wealthy. You're, you, most times you, you're working as well as planned, so you got to make sure you use your time correctly as far as what's going on. So. A lot of that comes from have a plan and execute a plan, right? Uh, have I had bad experiences? No, I've had some very nice experiences, but I've also been the guy who's been just the drummer in the band and things got to a certain thing and certain level and then you watched it kind of fall apart because people got big heads or people went off somewhere else. Or, uh, But, you know, I haven't really been that screwed over, so to speak. But uh, So it's been a fairly positive experience and this has been a fairly positive experience. But back to your question, yeah, I, I do like to plan it out and, and, and go, this is what we're going to do. What do you think? And we all go, yep, that's what we're going to do. And then we go, this is how we can do it. And then we move towards doing that. As, as a band, it's just kind of, we like playing music. But if you're also a band, you also got to go, well, we could just do music and we could just do it in our basement. That would be fun. But if we're going to be a band that's out there, then there's certain things that you need to do in order for you to go, hey, look at us. Listen to us, right? 
Hence, we're sitting here talking to you on a podcast. Versus we're going, we think what we did is pretty good. Hey, will you call us up and we want to talk about this and we want people to buy our record and we want to make more of them, right? Yeah, of course. So, so yeah, we're, we're, we're about that. And at, at this particular point, you know, it is all do-it-yourself and we're into the playing and making the song part. And then there's a few other people kind of guiding us on how we can get it out there and, and have people go, look at what we're doing. You know, I helped start Exclaim when back in the day, do the distribution. So, you know, I'll phone up Ian, who's the the guy who's the, the publisher, and go, Ian, I'm putting out an album, and I don't expect any favors from him. If it's good, review it. If it isn't, don't do it. And they were fortunate enough that he went, no, that's a pretty cool album, man. And he did a premiere for our video, right, because that was, that was kind of cool, you know. So you just kind of look at what you've done and the people you bumped into and, you know, fortunately, uh, I've got some good relationships with them that, you know, they were uh, a nice group of people and they, they like what you're doing. But ultimately, in the end of it, you better have done something that's half decent. And I, and I get back to that with these guys here as well. It's like, it's one thing to be a family and that's kind of a, a neat angle and people ask about that. But we better have good songs and we better make good music and we better be tight because they don't really care that we're a family. They're not going to really care that you're 15 or you're 19 or I'm their dad. Does the song rock or is it any good? Yeah. I mean, in a few years, Caden's going to be an adult and the kid thing, I mean, the family thing will somewhat vanish, basically. Well, I think we'll all still be related then, but... I know, you can't stop that, but we'll have less of the young young drummer in the band angle and more just... But we better make good songs. Otherwise, it doesn't matter what that shtick is. You want to listen to a good song, don't you? You don't want to listen to something, hey, that's nice. A garage band with a gimmick. Yeah, definitely. You just don't want to sit there and ride the fact that you've got like underage musicians because, I mean, they're getting older every single day, right? That's right. That's right. And it, it, it starts, you know, yeah, yeah. people do like it. Caden, you've grown a lot in the last year, but it'd be like, well, that little kid's on the drums and he's rocking it out. But you better be rocking it out because if the little kid's on the drums and he's dropping his drumsticks, then it's not going to be any good for anyone, right? No, not and, at all. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't drop my drumsticks. <laughs> you do better than most drummers. Yeah. I, like, I can't remember the last time you dropped a drumstick. Like, yeah, I mean, practice. Really... <laughs> I wasn't paying attention. I was. That was <laughs> oh, yeah, so, yeah. I was kidding. I wasn't there. We're giving a hard time. Anyway, but yeah, that's that's what's important is the, is the songs that you put out and that you do do a half decent song and 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 like that the, the you know if anything the gimmick of the family they think it's more of a joke oh it's dad and his two kids but and then it, it plays against the type they they're not expecting anything and they come out and it's just like whoa right in your face it's going to be some heavy rock and songs coming your way and you know I, we think we deliver the goods and that's 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 what matters. Yeah, when uh, most people hear the idea of a family band, they don't really expect uh, crunching guitars, pounding drums, and the whole punk rock aesthetic. Yeah. Jackson 5. Yeah, we're not a Jackson 5 or <laughs> the Osmonds or... Um... Yeah. No, no, or uh, the Partridge family. All Things right. came together when Dad sang along, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, awesome. Go ahead. So, before I ask my last question of the evening, where can the listeners of the podcast find you guys? Where can they find out more about you? Where can they listen to more of your music? So, we have www.thediscarded.ca. 
That's our website. You can go there, and all our songs are there if you want to listen to them. Then there's some links to Bandcamp. No. What do you want to say? He wants to give our address. No, no. They can hear us live. They can hear us live. Come to the basement. No, Caden, that's not how it works. So we also have Bandcamp <laughs> as well. We have a YouTube. You can check us out our videos there uh, under the discarded as well. Uh, Bandcamp is the discarded. You can go on Facebook and see us. You know, we're on Twitter. If you go on to that www. Uh, the discarded.ca it has links to all that sort of stuff and then uh, you know our albums get get sent out that way as well if you want to order vinyl or if you want to order uh, CD or if you just want to download it you can get it right off Bandcamp right now yeah both the albums we're also on Instagram but I'm not on Facebook because I have no use for it but I'm on Twitter on my own separate account and the band Twitter basically doubles as my dad's account as well so yeah mostly I'm just putting stuff about the band on it anyway and a few waiting for comments. Yeah, every day. <laughs> yeah. You never go on Twitter, kid. <laughs> uh, anyway, but yeah, we're going video games, and that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're all over the place. Just look us up. Anyway, that's uh, that's that's mostly it. Is that the presence is there as far as uh, being able to see what the band's about? There's a little blog on there, and you can, like I say, you can get the music there because really that's what it's kind of about. Is we want to get that music out. We. You know, if you want, you can download it, or you can get some vinyl if you're into that, or CD. Or come to the live show. You can always get stuff there. Put on a hell of a live show. So if you get a chance, I know you're, you're, you guys are out in Edmonton, is that right? Uh, I'm out in Kamloops, British Columbia. Ah, Kamloops, fine area. Yeah. Right on. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, so, yeah, I guess you won't be able to catch the live show anytime soon, but we'll try <laughs> early out there, and then somewhat near future? Yeah. Hopefully. Depends. Yeah, it I will hope. happen. I can guarantee you that. Well, yeah. I hope that things like this will help reach the word of the discarded across Canada, so you'll be able to do that. Certainly. Thanks a lot. We really appreciate uh, chatting with you tonight. All right. Yeah, I've enjoyed it. All right. So, yeah. my last question of the evening. All right. Lay it on it. Are your guys's interests outside of the discarded? Ooh. Um. Do you want to go first? Or you go. Um, well, I'm an eclectic sort of person, so I love trains of all sorts, history as well. Train history is like a perfect combination. I'm also, I'm a, well, outside of music, I'm a music nerd, big, big, yeah, big, yes, big whoop. Um, what else is there? I like to play video games, not as much anymore since I've started working. Uh, what else is there? And I guess... My girlfriend, she's an interest. I, I devote a lot of my time to her. I hope you're interested in your girlfriend. <laughs> okay, uh, yourself, Caden? Come on, uh, say it for real. Yeah, I play. I played hockey for a long time. I I play lacrosse too. Uh, so I like sports. Uh, I, I like playing a lot of video games. I have to go to school and all that. So that's something. And then. Uh, yeah, I like, I like, what? Movies. Yeah, I like watching, I like watching a good movie or two, uh, every once in a while. I like watching, uh, NHL hockey teams, uh, Vegas Golden Knights, uh, uh, that's basically it, you know, just, I like chilling, not doing much of anything, really. Oh, uh, yeah. We like sleeping in about one or two in the afternoon, right? He yeah. saves his energy for drumming. He saves his energy for drumming. Me, uh... <laughs> I, I do a lot. Uh, I guess music is a pretty central part of what I do. I work, uh, you know, uh, takes up a good 40 hours of my week at times, sometimes longer, and i got to drive there and back. 
you know, uh, I've got kids that are in sports. I've refereed lacrosse. I've coached lacrosse. I've coached hockey. Uh, you know, uh, just family time, basically. We have, uh, we have a, they have a younger brother and I have a younger son, uh, Trey, who's 11. I've got a younger daughter, Sadie, who's seven. So hanging out with them as well is uh, a lot of fun. And Sadie has, uh, demanded to be in every one of our videos so far. So, uh, <laughs> I got her in one. So. Yeah. Well, she's in the other one as a pitcher. Fair enough. So, so, so all, our videos. all our videos there. So there's that. Uh, in between that, just hanging with the hang with the guys here. We watch some movies, hanging out, yeah. cook a good meal, make some good music, and uh, that's pretty well. Life can get uh, doesn't get much better than that. Awesome. What kind of movies do you guys like watching? Well, we watched Shawshank Redemption the other night. We Ooh. watched one about. National Lampoon, the the founder of that just came on Netflix. Uh, we watched Inglorious Bastards the other night. What else did you watch there? Um, Grand Hotel Budapest. Grand Hotel Budapest. We try to, you know, if it's a half decent movie, we like something that's uh, uh, half decently made. Mm-hmm. We watched Health recently. Yeah, yeah. But actually, my my daughter was watching Scooby Doo endlessly, so we said, "Here's a movie. Why don't you watch Help?" Well, now she's obsessed with the Beatles and has watched <laughs> Help. Probably about eight or nine times in a row. But I guess that's better than her watching the same Scooby-Doo episode over and over again. Mm-hmm. And uh, what else? Yeah, we watched the movie Snatch the other night. That was a pretty funny one. That was good. See, mm-hmm. well, so, you know, we'll just uh, cruise the Netflix and see what's come up. We watched uh, Black Mirror. We'll get into a series and watch that and go all mm-hmm. through it, you know. I sometimes like to buy a lot of older movies. I watched North by Northwest recently. It's still pretty much holds up pretty well. Yeah, we watched The Punisher, and that was another one that we went through. Oh, we didn't finish it? we got to get back to the last few episodes. So that's what we do. When you're chilling you got a night off, it's just going to chill back, maybe watch an NHL game or watch the hacky game or family chill time. back. You know, have it have some. We it's kind of funny. We jam downstairs in our basement, so and that's also the boys' room. So one bed's on one end, one bed's on the other. Drum sets right beside the one bed, bass amps beside the other. One my amps in the middle, PA's there. So we can sit there, have a meal, go downstairs, jam for an hour, an hour and a half, practice, come upstairs and just chill on the couch and watch a movie or a hockey game. So it's kind of like a little rock and roll household. Awesome. Uh, what kind of video games do the boys like playing? What are you into, guys? Um, oh, I haven't played in a while. Um, you were Overwatch for a while. I, I was Overwatch for a while. I need to get back into that. Team Fortress 2, I have sunk way too many hours into. Payday 2, I also like City Skylines. Uh, mainly just shooters and strategy, really. What's you? And you? Uh, I played a lot of GTA Five, uh, Rainbow Six Siege, uh, Overwatch, CS:GO, and TF2. Those are my main ones. And I've been playing a bit of Fortnite, but not too much. He's awesome. a much heavier gamer than me because he has lots of free time. Awesome decisions. I play a little bit of Team Fortress 2 myself, so I can have some mad respect for that. A <laughs> uh, thousand hours. Oh, wow. <sighs> Probably over that, honestly. I think my I've been playing since 2012. Jeez. I think my highest game is Dota at like 260 hours. <laughs> Ouch. I've sunk like 600 hours into Payday 2. I, I, I used to be ridiculous. I also love Payday, so I understand that. It's all good. All right, on. All right. Well, well thank it's you been guys. great chatting, buddy. Yeah, thank you guys yeah, so much been, for doing this. It's been awesome. This is like the first 
all van interview. Yeah, it's the first time we've done all three of us together doing an interview because we not very easy to just get us all on the phone at the same time. Yeah, yeah, well, I'm glad that we could get everybody in and that we could make that all work. Yeah, he, he popped our he popped our cherry as far as this concerned, boys. <laughs> are, are you serious, Caden? <laughs> that was his joke, wasn't it? That was Caden's joke. I stole it, man. Are you leaving? What? That was something you'd say for sure. That's totally something you'd say. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, man. Oh, thank you for giving us yeah, time. Hey, no problem. Thank Great. you, guys. Alright, so you guys know it's about that time where we give a little bit of respect, where we give a shout out, where we give a big on old DTP thank you to Jared, to Caden, and to JP of the Discarded for joining me, Colton G, here on the DTP. I had a great time talking to the guys, and I hope you guys enjoyed my interview with them just as much as I did. I also want to take this time to thank Melanie K for setting up this interview. I have mad love for Melanie. If you've heard me talk about her in the past, she's setting up some of our past interviews, including our past interview with The Real Mackenzies and our past interview with Kenny Lush of Daggermouth. If you haven't heard those episodes, you should definitely go and check them out. And if you are a punk band looking for a solid PR person, I would definitely suggest Melanie K to you. I would also like to give a huge, massive, big thank you to you guys, the listeners of the Desert Tiger Podcast. Once again, wherever you're listening on, whatever you're listening from, whoever you are, Thank you guys so much for tuning in to episode 24 of the Desert Tiger Podcast. You guys are killing it here every single week. We love you so friggin' much. I know that we is me, but seriously, I love you guys so much because you're killing it every single week with your tuning in, with your listening, with emailing me, everything that you guys do. You are fantastic, and I love you. So as you know... As we do with every week, we like to end things off with a little bit of a quote to get you motivated, to get you a little inspired, to get you ready to tackle your weekend and whatever the hell it has in it that you need to take on. Today's quote comes to us from Maya Angelou. I've learned that people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel.
Desert Tiger Podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review. iTunes, Google Play Music, and Stitcher. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Thanks for listening.